Introductory of Victorian Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by M. Skiffins. Victorian Literature by Clement Shorter. Introductory. Asked by a kindly publisher to add one more to the Jubilee volumes which commemorate the sixtieth year of the Queen's reign, I am pleased at the opportunity thus afforded me of gathering up a few impressions of pleasant reading hours. Every age, says Emerson, must write its own books, or rather each generation for the next succeeding. The books of an older period will not fit this. It is true, of course, and as a result the popular favorite of today is well-nigh forgotten tomorrow. In reading the critical journals of thirty years ago, it is made quite clear that they contain few judgments which would be sustained by a consensus of critical opinion today. Whether time will deal as hardly with the critical judgments of today, we may not live to see. I have no ambition to put this book to a personal test. So far as it has any worth at all, it is meant to be bibliographical and not critical. It aspires to furnish the young student, in handy form, with as large a number of facts about books as can be concentrated in so small a volume. That this has been done under the guise of a consecutive narrative, and not in the form of a dictionary, is merely for the convenience of the writer. I have endeavoured to say as little as possible about living poets and novelists. With the historians and critics the matter is of less importance. To say that Mr. Samuel Rawson Gardner has written a useful history, or that Professor David Mason's Life of Milton is a valuable contribution to biographical literature, will excite no antagonism. But to attempt to assign Mr. W. B. Yeats a place among the poets, or Mark Rutherford a position among the prose writers of the day, is to trespass upon ground which it is wiser to leave to the critics who write in the literary journals from week to week. It was not possible to ignore all living writers. I have ignored as many as I dared. It was my intention at first to devote a chapter to sixty years of American literature, but for that task an Englishman who has paid but one short visit to the United States has no qualification. He can write of American literature only as seen through English eyes. That is to see much of it, it is true. Few Americans realize the enormous influence which the literature of their own land has had upon this country. Probably the most-read poet in England during the sixty years has been Longfellow, Probably the most read novel has been Uncle Tom's Cabin. Among people who claim to be distinctly literary, Hawthorne has been all but the favorite novelist, Washington Irving not the least popular of essayists, and Emerson the most invigorating moral influence. In my youth, the wide, wide world and Queechy were in everybody's hands, as the stories of Bret Hart, William Dean Howells, Thomas Bailey Aldridge, Frank Stockton, Henry James, and Mary Wilkins are today. Apart from Dickens, nearly all our laughter has come from Mark Twain and Artemis Ward. In history, we in England have read Prescott and Motley. In poetry, we have read Walt Whitman, William Cullen Bryant, John Greenleaf Whittier, and, above all, James Russell Lowell, who endeared himself to us alike as a poet, a critic, and in his own person when he represented the United States at the court of St. James's. Lastly, I recall the delight with which, as a boy, I read The Autocrat of the Breakfast-Table, and the joy with which, as a man, I visited the author, Dr. Oliver Wendell Holmes, in his pleasant study in Beacon Street, Boston. 
these and many other writers have made america and the americans very dear to englishmen and this in spite of much wild and foolish talk in the journals of the two countries i have to thank mr william mackenzie the well-known publisher of glasgow for kindly letting me draw upon some articles which i wrote for his national cyclopedia ten years ago and upon the literary section which he and his editor mr john brabner permitted me to contribute at that time to a book entitled the victorian empire i have also to thank my friends dr robertson nicholl and mr l f austin for kindly reading my proof-sheets mr edward claude for valuable suggestions and mr sidney webb a friend of old student days for reading the chapter which treats briefly of sociology and economics a compilation of this kind can scarcely hope to escape the defects of most such enterprises errors both of date and of fact i shall be glad to receive corrections for the next edition clement k shorter september twenty seventh eighteen ninety seven end of introductory